All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back. Happy hump day. Although I guess when it's a long weekend after uh, Monday, it's not really the same. But hey, either way, some of you back to work after the uh, holiday break. Others uh, still enjoying the you know, the high life to, uh, to all of our teachers out there. I think it's the toughest job and it gets tougher all the time with, uh, with how our edu- education system is going and stuff like that. So a huge shout out to uh, all the teachers, some well-deserved time off, man. That is a job I would, uh, I couldn't do. I wouldn't want to do. I have the uh, utmost respect for those uh, who do it. It is extremely challenging, especially uh, when you have to deal with some parents who think that, well, they're little Johnny or Jill. It's never their fault. Yikes. So, yowzers. So, it's, uh, man, you, uh, I can see why a few teachers are, uh, pour a stiff drink every now and then. It's a tough, tough gig. I would, uh, I would never want to do it. So, I have the utmost respect for those who do. Man, I coach a hockey team and some days a little rodents get on my nerves and I only have them for an hour. So, and there's only 15 of them. So, I couldn't imagine. And, and this is something they like to do. Whew. So, who knows? Welcome back to the Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Jason Gregor, Connor Halley with you. Oilers, uh, if you missed it, uh, Dylan Holloway has been reassigned to uh, Bakersfield, comes off LTIR, hasn't played in a few months because of the uh, kneecap after slamming into the boards, uh, which against the Islanders in Chris Knobloch's first game. So now he'll go down. Uh, he's not going to play tonight. They do play tonight, but he's not going to play tonight. Uh, then they'll play Friday, Saturday. Uh, the Condors play five games between now and January 17th, same as the Edmonton Orders. The only difference is if Holloway's playing in all five, he's probably playing close to double the minutes that he would uh, here uh, down there. So I think there's a big benefit to, to get him down there. He can, he can probably get back up to speed a little bit quicker 
uh, in the American League. And I'm not worried. I know he got hurt last year. To me, that's kind of a, hey, he got hurt in the NHL this year. I, you can get hurt at any time. I, I wouldn't worry about that as much. I just they need him playing. I think Dylan Holloway's got potential to be a guy who can uh, can fill out your your top nine and, and give you some quality minutes for sure. Let's go around the NHL now. Brought to you by McDonald's, and uh, on a cold winter morning, there's nothing quite like McDonald's breakfast burrito. It's your McDonald's uh, breakfast wrapped in a cozy tortilla blanket. Get one now, 11 a.m. at McDonald's. This is uh, Mike Rupp from the NHL Network, also a uh, former uh, Stanley Cup uh, well, uh, winner, former NHLer, and uh, ace analyst for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Joins us, uh, Rupper. Happy uh, New Year. Hope you had a good holidays. And, the uh, you know, we're back in action. Uh, the orders are rolling. Uh, they've won six in a row. They won eight in a row earlier and they're not just winning like they're dominating games and getting really good offense and good defensive performances yeah uh, happy new year gregs and uh, all the listeners um yeah i mean they're uh in the middle of a little a nice little streak right now they're running hot um i know a lot of times there's a lot of question marks with this team earlier in the year but when you look at some of their metrics they were controlling a lot of games just weren't getting the results and it's fun to see when they start getting those right and they tighten up in certain areas how it really just makes everything seem to tilt in their favor. So, um, yeah, they're they're looking good. I mean, last night Connor was incredible, obviously with his five points. Um, they're just they're dangerous. Oh yeah. Well, and uh, you gotta you gotta you gotta be ready when you're gonna play them. They're back. I mean, they're back to being that scary Edmonton Oilers team again. Yeah, you know, you look at uh, McDavid, you know, he's up to 900 points in just over 600 games, uh, fifth fastest to ever do it. And I know, Mikey, you know, you, you see him up close in Sidney Crosby, and, and, and Sidney Crosby is a dynamic player. Most have him in the top 10 players of all time. Some are saying he's in the top five of all time. And the crazy part is, I mean, McDavid might be better. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, yeah, I, I put Sid in top five all time, I, I think, today. And some people say, well, it's because you played with them. You're, you're going to play favoritism or whatever the, whatever way you want to do it. I, I, I try not to. I genuinely think he's that good, right? But Connor, um, Connor right now is, is, he's going to be that probably more. Um, I think the thing that kind of with McDavid, it's, it's always going to be that thing, especially when we're comparing players that are playing around the same time. It's People are going to say, well, Sid's got three cups, right? And I know that that's a, it's a team game and it's all those different things. And But, man, this guy, what Connor's doing is absolutely incredible. And the, to, to get it, like you said, like the fifth fastest to 900, um, that, the, the game's different, man. Like you don't have guys getting 200 points. I mean, Connor's the closest guy that's – to get 200 points, what they had, they had the 215 was the, the, the Wayne the one year or whatever. I mean, Connor's the, the, the next closest guy at that. The game's supposed to be different now. Like, it's not, it's it's harder to get points. So, uh, man, he to be in that same sentence with those guys, I mean, he's pretty much already in that mix. I, it's almost similar to the OV thing, though. Like, I don't think if you were to go and, and ask people to do, they're all-time ranks. I don't know where you have OB on it. I mean, he's going to – I still believe he's going to be the all-time goal-scoring champ. Um, until he won his cup, that put him that, – that made people, forced people, people that didn't want to put him in certain areas, 
that made you do it. Maybe that'll be the situation with Connor, but quite frankly, in my opinion, that guy's already in that conversation right now. Yeah, no, I think it's fair. Uh, Mike Rupp joins us. And to me, Mike, I, I crunched the numbers today and wrote the article at OilersNation.com. I really think 2,000 points is within reach for Connor McDavid. And I crunched the numbers and I went off career averages and everything like that and where he's going to be based on, you know, at the end of this season. I, I think at the end of this year, because he turns 27 in 10 days. So at the end of this year, uh, I said, you know what, he's probably got 12 more years. Guys playing until 39, the elite of the elite, that might even be low. He might play more than that, right? You just, you know, like Sid Crosby's probably going to play into his 40s, and he's a decade older than the McDavid. Like the advancements, and I'm sure you've seen it, Mike, you played, but you look at the advancements in nutrition and education on recovery and rehab and so much more. The elite players, even the middle, they're all playing longer, right? And they're maintaining a higher level of, of their window of greatness, and it goes longer than ever. So even if he plays another 12 years, you know, I looked at his, even if his points per game drops to 1.2 average over that time, which isn't crazy because he's been at 1.7 the last few years and will probably stay that high for the next few years and then slowly go down, that that puts him over 2,000, close to even 2,100 points, which is nuts. I mean, I, I could see that. I mean, there's nothing right now that would state that that's not going to happen, right? And it's clearly very important to, to be healthy and you're making that assumption like we would every player or projecting things that they're going to be but here's something to, to keep in kind of comparison with Sid and the the greats of the greats do these types of things they always work on something else right they're always looking to get better and Connor's game has gotten for me exceptionally better in a lot of areas where people were I mean if you if you're saying that Connor is one dimensional just a points driven guy he doesn't work hard away from the puck you, you don't watch him like, he, he, that's not him. Maybe at one point, um, that was arguably him, but that's not him now. And, and I guess he, here's the thing of why I think that he can get to 2000, like you said. Sidney Crosby has, he's still a dominant player right now. Yeah. I mean, he, if you're going to extend the, if you're going to extend the Hart Trophy race right now, I'm not saying he's going to win it, but he's got to be in that conversation. What he's doing for the Pittsburgh Penguins, his game, we know he's a very complete player. But one thing that's kind of trailed off for Sid in, in summer garden, it feels really weird even saying this because he's so dominant still. Remember how often he used to split D and just like once a game, twice a game, yeah. I feel like sometimes even more than that. He's doing things that you're not supposed to do at the NHL level. Like Sid had that extra gear, okay? And skating, he, he's not a slow player, but he doesn't have that dominant speed that he once had. I don't see that going anywhere with Connor. You know what I mean? Like he's so far ahead of everybody else skating-wise that even if when he gets to be mid-30s, all right, you, you bring it back a little bit, I still would consider him probably predicting the future. He's still going to be one of the best skaters in the league. He's so much more of a better skater than everybody else now, even when, by human nature, you start slowing down in some regards. All right, cool, he's slowed down. Now he's playing at the, you know, the top 2% of the league with speed. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's it's pretty incredible what he's doing, and, and I think it's sustainable because of that. Because look at some of the guys over the years that, um, you know, can, can play and be efficient over time. It's the guys that skate well, the guys that can move. I mean, I think that that's part of the problem why Obi's not scoring now. I think it's finally catching up with him that, like, he looks slow now. I just don't ever think that's going to be an issue with Connor, and that's his bread and butter, so he's going to keep getting points for a long, long time. Mike Grupp joins us. Uh Mike, as we get into the new year now, we're just over two months away from the trade deadline. And you know what? There's 
we started to see a little bit of separation, maybe a little bit of normalcy, if we want to call it that, uh, around the league. But there's still lots of teams that I'm not sure if they know who they are. Right. So, uh, you know, I look at like the Detroit Red Wings started well. They've signed Patrick Kane and it hasn't helped at all. Like they're, they're kind of going in the wrong, uh, direction, uh, there. Uh, meanwhile, Tampa Bay is, is now found themselves right on a playoff position. Philly and Washington have slowly had New Jersey and Tampa and even the Penguins are all now, you know, nipping at their heels. If we assume it gets back to normal and, you know, two of Tampa, the Devils and the Penguins get in the playoffs, which I still think is very likely and the Flyers and Capitals are out. Which of those teams, like, who do, do you see one of them taking a real big swing at this year's deadline? Who? Um, the three you mentioned was Tampa, New Jersey, right? Who else? Uh, Tampa, New Jersey, um, uh, Pittsburgh, but even like teams like Carolina, Toronto, you know, teams that are in. Like, do you see anybody taking a real big swing? I I feel like that's just in the DNA of the Tampa Bay Lightning. You know, I don't know how that looks or what that looks like or what they're able to do, but I mean, that's been a team for years now that, man, um, they swing for the fences, right? Like, so that'd be a team that does it. New Jersey might be the team set up the best way to do it because they've got that $9 million from Dougie Hamilton on IR. Um, and it's going to be tough for Pittsburgh to do it. And Pittsburgh's got that weird situation. I mean, it's not weird. Like, I think Jake Gensel's going to be a, a penguin for a long time. But he's a, he's got that same Willie Nylander situation in Toronto where he's a pending UFA, man. So, like, what do you <laughs> – how is that going to play out come deadline time, you know? Where's the team at? Um so I'd say probably Tampa's the one. Um, I'd say both, Tampa and New Jersey. Tom Fitzgerald's a gunslinger. He's going to make a move. They're going to get a goalie. Is that enough? Do they stop there? Do they look to Calgary? Does Calgary want to do something with Hannafin or, or Tanev or, or figure something out from that regard? Um, we'll have to see. But and there's Tampa's going to do something. Tampa's going to be a team that makes a big move, probably a move that no one sees coming, and uh, I'm sure that they're going to do something like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued by Carolina, and, um, you know, the Rangers, I think, you know, they're a very good team. I could easily see them taking a swing. Uh, Toronto, Toronto's actually played pretty good team defense lately, despite all of the uncertainties in goal. Right. And maybe that's forced them. And maybe that's the best thing for the Maple Leafs team is the, uh, you know, the struggles of their goaltender. Well, specifically, uh, Samsonoff that they've said, Hey, you know what? We got to really limit things because they haven't given up very much, uh, these last few games. Um, you know, I don't know if the Islanders should take a swing or not, but, um, you know, I look at the teams now, like it's funny. Montreal, although they're probably better than people thought they'd be this year, but Buffalo's being a disappointment. Ottawa's being a major disappointment. Detroit, it's looking like they're on the on the road to being a disappointing team again because they're not going to make the playoffs. And and I wonder, like, Ottawa, I look at that, something's got to change there, Rupper. And, I, you know, they've changed management. You know, they've changed the coach. I wonder what they do in the offseason of that core group because I think the challenge in Ottawa is they don't have an elite player. They have lots of good players, but they don't have an elite player. And it's hard to win without an elite player. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I like their roster. I've liked it for the last couple of years. But here we are at the same point of the season, and the bottom has fallen out on them, right? So what, what gives? You've got new coach. You've got new GM. You've got at some point here, I think there has to be a shakeup. I, the, the one good thing they really got going for them, they've got a lot of talent on rosters. There's a lot of equity in players. So 
are they willing now? The, the, the big thing has been, oh, I'll take their top six with anybody's top six in the NHL. That's been the story the last couple of seasons. Are they willing to, to part ways from that to better their roster in other ways? I, I, I don't know. Like, we'll have to see. But, you know, it's starting to, starting to get too repetitive with that team. And their starts every year aren't good enough. Their first half of the season stink. <laughs> I don't know where you go. But, I mean, to run it back the same way seems kind of crazy. So I don't know who that player is. Like, is there, you know, you've got, you've got a lot of, a lot of players sign long-term, a lot of money, right? And you, you try to find ways to, to change that core. Um, I think Brady Kachuk is, is your staple. He's your captain. Like, that's not going to change. But, uh, yeah, I think it's time for some tough decisions in Ottawa. And uh, it's probably going to happen this over the next calendar year here because um, they can't keep repeating the same way they've been. No, uh, not at all. Uh, lastly, what about the Coyotes? Where do you come out on the Yotes? Are, are you a believer? Is this team for real, or is this just going to be a, a good first half and then they slowly uh, slide down the standings? Um, no, I, I think they're for real. They're going to be in the hunt all year. I think it's going to be if, if there's teams in the West that um, we've seen a lot of yin and yangs from different teams. I mean, you could put them in that mix as well. Um, if there's if there's teams in the West that aren't going to crank it up a few notches the second half, this team will be right there, like right there. They might get in. I just don't know if they've got another year or two. So if some other teams kind of get their you-know-what together, um, you know, I think this will be a team that misses probably single digits, but they'll miss the playoffs. Um, but I, I do think they're for real. I think their future is bright, and I, I think that that's the goal here. Is you, you want to play competitive hockey all the way till game 82, and uh, I, I like what they bring. I just don't know if they have you know the, the, the many other levels to their game that we haven't seen already. Rupper, great stuff as always, man. We appreciate it. Uh, we will chat with you next Wednesday. Have a great week. All right, sounds good, Greg. That's uh, Mike Rupp. It's Around the NHL, brought to you by McDonald's. 425, Jason Greger, Connor Halley. Uh, lots of texts coming in. Uh, hey, Gregor, you don't consider Stutzel elite? No, not elite. Elite is, like, he has seven goals in 33 games this year. I know he had a good year last year. That's awesome. But he's not elite. Elite to me is guys who, like, elite players in the NHL that I would say of elite forwards I would have McKinnon. I would have McDavid. I would have Drysaddle. I would have Matthews. I have Kucherov. Right? Crosby's obviously an elite player. Um, Miko Rantanen, in my books, is an elite forward. Uh, I think Elias Pettersson is very close. He's not there. He's right on the cusp. Jack Hughes, same thing. But uh, elite is a different level. Stutzel's very good. But I think I think too often nowadays people are like everybody's great. Oh, he's great. They're great players. They're great players. Yeah, in the in this in the if you're using it to describe NHL player in the grand scheme of the world, yes, they're all great players. They're all in the, like the you know the top half percent, no question. But I'm talking NHL players. I don't have Tim Stutzel as elite. Maybe he becomes that, but he's not yet. Right, Brady Kachuk. This is year six. Right? There's, there's not a lot of guys who become elite in year seven or eight. Some, sure, there's always outliers, but not a ton. And 
Stutzel had a very good year last year. I like him. Right? They have a lot of really good players. I just don't think they have an elite player. I like, remember people wanted to say Jake Sanderson, well, he's going to be an elite top pair defenseman this year. And I'm like, he's a second year player, guys. Hey, we've just seen it too often. He might become that, but he's not there yet. So potential isn't elite. No one in Ottawa is elite today. In two years, they might be elite, and that's okay. But I'm talking today. They don't have an elite player. They have guys with potential, but potential and reality are two very different things. Right? Every year, top five picks, there's lots of potential. They don't all pan out. And that's where I see Ottawa. They have lots of guys who who are good, but none are elite. Right? Thomas Shabbat hasn't really taken a step in a few seasons. Brady Kachuk works hard, right? You know, there's a lot of spotlight around Brady Kachuk. Right? But but Brady Kachuk, you, you look at his goals this year in Ottawa. He I, I think he's got 16 goals, but I think he's scored in only eight games. Right? He's got a lot of multi-goal games, and then he's going lots of stretches where he's not scoring. So I like him as a player. He's tenacious, lots of things you like about him. But he's had 70 points once. Not an elite player. So that's kind of for me. I, I I view elite as like the cream of the crop. And I, I don't like to water it down by just throwing, well, he's elite and he's elite. Not how I would get it. Quick break. We'll come back. We got the uh, the con man joining us. So we'll get to the ski report. More on the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 432. How are you? We asked a question earlier about uh, McDavid. We've got a lot of texts. We'll get to those. So I have another question on the uh, the text line, 833-401-1440. So here we are now. It's January 3rd. The uh, Edmonton Orders have uh, put themselves very close. And I was hey, we said it six weeks ago, Cons. So people are freaking out. I said the Orders are going to make the playoffs because the Orders are a good team who was playing terrible. But now... And I'll admit that, you know, seven weeks ago, I thought, you know what? I don't think, like I said, they'll get to the playoffs because there wasn't that many good teams that they had to pass to get there. But I, I thought it was going to be pretty hard, maybe impossible to get to the uh, top three in the Pacific. But suddenly now that doesn't seem crazy. There are six back of L.A., although the Kings do have a game in hand. They are 10 back of Vegas with three games in hand. And the orders are rolling. Vegas in a little bit of a funk for them. I look at Edmonton now, and when I look at Vancouver and I look at Vegas and I look at L.A., do you see any of those teams as clearly better than the Edmonton Orders? Like, I know you have to look at the standings because the Orders are so bad early that it skews things, but do you view them as clearly better than the Edmonton Orders? I don't. I think it's, man, I think the Pacific Division... However, it sets up, and I really, and I'll say this, and I say it every year, the NHL, the simplest decision they could do is if you have four teams from each division, there's no crossing over for the wall card. It's one versus four in each division. I think it would be way better. That builds rivalries even more so, which is what everybody wants. I think it would be outstanding. Honestly, do. Uh, my opinion, they should do it. But uh, at this point, they're uh, they're hesitant to do it. So we know the first month of the year was bad for the orders, right? Now we're, we're three months into the season. The orders in the last two months are 17 and six. They're tied with Winnipeg for the best points percentage in the NHL at 739. 
over a two-month span. Colorado and the Flyers. You go down and you look. Vancouver is 12th at 625. The Kings are 14th at 619. Vegas is 21st at 542. Like Vegas had an unreal start. But they've actually won less than half of their games over the last two months. They're 11, 9, and 4. And uh, they've scored 73 goals. They've allowed 73 goals. They're basically even. And like, I don't, like, order fans, it might be difficult because you're starting on the road. But honestly, I don't, I don't think it's a, a foregone conclusion that Edmonton can't reel in both the Kings and Vegas right now. Like, they're going to have to keep playing quite well. But we've seen them do this for long stretches last year. And now they're into a two-month stretch again where they have the, the best record in the National Hockey League. That's 17-6. and six. Now, Winnipeg is 16-5-2. They have the same points percentage. Edmonton has one more win. The orders are good. They're quite good. And... You know, if Holland can pull a rabbit out of his hat and somehow find a way to trade Jack Campbell and, and not have to pay out the nose to do it, then, yeah, they could probably be even better. And he's got two months to figure that out. I still think it's a very hard trade to make. But I think the order fans, after there's way too much panic from from a lot of people, way too much, that you know, Edmonton's pretty good. And I'll, I'm curious as to what direction. Now, this month, I've said it all along. Like, this month sends up, it's great. If Like, rest is such an advantage, and they'll have lots of it. It's going to come back and bite them a little bit in, in February, March, and April. And, you know, the science will tell you that you can't necessarily bank the rest. It's not like, okay, well, we don't play a lot of games, so we're going to be super fresh, and that lasts forever. Well, it's not really how it works, unfortunately. It'd be great if we could. Be like, okay, you know what? I'm going to sleep hard for a week and then I'm going to go to Vegas and have no sleep for three days because I'll be great. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way, even though many of you try it. How's that flight home from Vegas after a three-day bender of uh, late nights? can be pretty tough, right? Even if you slept like a baby or like a young toddler or a teenager is probably a better term. They sleep like all the time. But the orders are they're quite good. And... I think when you get to February, I won't be surprised if Edmonton has uh, has gotten even closer to both uh, Vegas and L.A. I think it's uh, it's going to be an amazing turnaround when you go back and look at how people thought about the orders. Remember when people say in the orders, ah, they're not they're not close to a cup contender, right? Goaltending, Stuart Skinner's brutal. Ryan McLeod can't help your team. Warren Fogel can't help your team. I think it's there's there's some real hot takes that have been uh, cooled off rather quickly uh, during this run here for the Edmonton Orders, and they're really they're not showing any signs of slowing down. Like last night was not a game where they played poorly for any long period of time. They're, you know, there's obviously other teams are good, and so they'll have stretches. But I thought Stu Skinner, when called upon, made some big saves. That was a really nice goal by connecting, by the way. I haven't even talked about that goal last night. but Or the Connor McDavid goal. Like, are you kidding me? Speaking of McDavid goal, hey, Greg, uh, do you think 
Nugent Hopkins picked Sanheim on that play. You know, it's funny because when I saw it originally, I was like, hmm. But then I watched the replay and I watched it numerous times and then I watched it again this morning because I recorded it when I'm at the game and watch it on TV and kind of try to do, you know, s- slow motion. And if Nugent Hopkins did touch Sanheim, it definitely wasn't on purpose. So, yeah, I, I don't know. If, if, if it was a pick, it's probably one of the greatest picks ever because A, he got away with it, and B, it didn't even look like he knew he was doing it. But no, that's just, you know, McDavid play there, the pass to Hyman. And, and Zach Hyman said, you know what? McDavid had, had shoulder checked first. He looked before he got the puck. And that's the key to the great players. They look to see, okay, where are you going? And as Zach Hyman says, he puts it to the spot where I'm supposed to be going to. Says the onus is on me then to read the play to say, hey, this is where I need to go to get open. And he obviously did. But, you know, like you look at the orders. They, they're uh, in that time where they've got the best record. They've, of course, scored the most goals in, in the NHL. And uh, they are uh, eighth in fewest goals. You can be a top 10 team, goals against and goals for, you've got a pretty good chance of being successful. Really good. Hey, boys, I know he's not coming back, but uh, has Oscar Clapbaum ever officially retired? I'm surprised they never did a press conference, something along that line, from Brad. Knowing Clefbaum, you know, he'd been out of the game for so long, I don't think he really wanted to have that, to be honest. Right? Uh, could uh, could they have a, an Oscar Clefbaum night? He was pretty well liked by fans. Right? A lot of people had a crush on Clefbaum because of his abs, both men and women. Really, like, just a genuine dude. Like, good guy. I mean, there's very few people that ever have a bad word to say about Oscar Clefbaum, which is kind of the case for most Swedes. Stratty always says it. He's like, try to find a Swede who's not a good guy. It's hard. But I, uh, um, you know, the you haven't played in the league for three years and then you announce a retirement. I don't know. I, I can see why he says, hey, like, it's obvious I'm retired. Do I need to have an announcement? I kind of respect that, to be honest. Hey, let's get to the uh, ski report. Good news, skiers. It's getting colder. Maybe some snow is coming. Here's the uh, Snow Valley Ski Report. This is the Sports 1440 Ski Report. Your ski report for Thursday, December 28th, brought to you by Snow Valley Ski Club. Start your skiing journey at snowvalley.ca. That's the wrong one, buddy. That's a Thursday. Today's Wednesday. Let's get the right date here. So, uh, yeah. We'll get the uh, today's ski report for uh, Wednesday, January 3rd. We'll get that one set up. Cons, you got that now? Mm, this is the only one we have. I think Duke might have said the wrong name. Well, then we'll, we'll have to we'll maybe play later. We'll try to find the right one because uh, that's the uh, that said uh, the wrong date for sure. So. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey guys, uh, do you think you can upgrade CeCe? And with him, Nurse would play even better. From Vinny. Um... Oh, I don't know if Nurse plays better, necessarily. It's just that if, if you have a, a teammate that can make other plays that you don't have to make, sure. Um, would you like to find an upgrade on CC? Yeah, but I think it's difficult. Like, it's not like Cody CC is just awful. Like, I'm watching the games. I don't, when was the last time Cody C is he getting turnstiled? Like, is Cody CC making a lot of bad plays with the puck? Like, I know everybody says that, okay, yeah, you know what, you want somebody better, but I don't see Cody CC being like his massive detriment on a night by night basis for the orders. He, you know, he has some limitations to his game. That's totally fair. But I, I don't see him as somebody that's just like, oh man, he's getting walked on. He's terrible defensively. Like, he plays a lot of minutes on the penalty kill. So I, uh, um, I don't see him as a as a real drain on the team. I can understand if you say you'd like an upgrade, but again, it's it's not like you're, the guy's just awful for your your team at all, right? He and the thing about Cody Ceci is he plays a lot of tough minutes without Connor McDavid, right? Bouchard and Ekholm play way more minutes with Connor McDavid. And I don't care who you are as a defenseman. When Connor McDavid's on the ice, you likely have to defend less. Thus, your job's easier. Right? So look at CC, and and trust me, I understand why I play Bouchard with with McDavid more. He's your best offensive defenseman. So why wouldn't you? Makes sense. I understand why they do it. But I also have to be realistic in saying, hey, Cody CC and Nurse. Um, you go to Puck IQ, they basically played the same amount of minutes against elite competition. The difference is Nurse plays about 24% of his time with McDavid, where uh, Bouchard and Ekholm are up over 55%. Right? It's a pretty big difference. So right, when you're on the ice with Connor McDavid, how often do you see McDavid hemmed in his own? Right? And then the minute he gets the puck, oof, there's fear in the eyes of the opposition. So that's a pretty big strength. So. I would have no problem looking to upgrade on CC. I just, I think it's, it's, there's not a lot of obvious choices that are on the market, right? Like is Chris Tanev clearly a better option than Cody CC? That'd be a really good question. Cause C, cause Tanev is limited in what he can do in his game. No question. But he brings a lot of really good elements to his game. But like, is it, would it be worth giving up a first for Tana for CC? Like, like I'm not sure the gap is there. It's a good question though. I, I might have to ask some scouts about that. Like, how much of a gap do you think there is there? Because right, cap salary, obviously Tana makes a little bit more. He's a UFA at the end of the year, so 
I'd have no problem if you're looking to uh, upgrade CC. I'm just saying I think it's difficult. And I'm not sure there's that many available right shot defensemen that you can do it with. That's the challenge. Quick break. We'll come back with five questions and more on The Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 4.50. How are you, Gregor? Connor Allen. We'll get to the ski report coming up in the uh, 5 o'clock hour. We got it all sorted out, so that's uh, good to go. It's uh, time now for uh, Sank Questions, or as uh, we like to say, five questions. Brought to you by our good friends at The Brick, where... uh, Right now, take the stress out of buying a new mattress with the Brick's 180-day sleep guarantee. Try your new bed out, and if it's not right, come back in. You can reselect a new one at the Brick and thebrick.com. It's time for five questions on the Jason Greger Show. All right, Gregor, we've seen the Oilers play some pretty solid hockey as of late by my calculations. Ten games remaining in the month of December, or January. Wrong month there. What will the Oilers' record be in the upcoming games? Eight and two. Okay, I'm going to go a little higher. I'm going to say nine and one. And they go on an extended little heater here and continue the hot play. Uh, question number two. Will Connor McDavid lead the league in scoring? And if so, how many points do you think he finishes with? Well, the stat that kind of blew my mind was that Nathan McKinnon outscored McDavid in the calendar year of 2023. That uh, now, um, that surprised me a little bit. And so McDavid is uh, he's got a 10 point deficit on Kucherov right now, and he's eight back of uh, McKinnon. Now he does have some games in hand, so that's definitely going to help him. He has the exact same points per game as McKinnon, and slightly under uh, Kucherov. So. Um, you know, the odds would tell you. That. Now, he's not going to play all those makeup games because he's missed two games. So I think McDavid is still going to finish with more than 130 points. I think he uh, he might even push 140, to be honest. I won't be shocked by that. 150 would be crazy because that means he'd have to get like you know 97 points here in his final 47 games. Technically, he's on pace for that because that's what he's done in his last 19 with 40 points in his last 19 games. But that's that's hard to do in the order. Like, their schedule, the only way McDavid can do it, I think, is if he absolutely blows the doors off here in January where he's got all the rest and he's he's loading up three-point nights and the odd four-pointer and, you know, maybe another five, which is hard to do. But even, you know, multiple three- and four-point games here in January – then I think he has a chance to get to that 97, which would be a thousand points, which would be crazy. But I'm going to say he finishes with 141 points. Exact number I was going to go to, so I'll take it a step higher. 142, uh, motivated Connor McDavid chasing those guys down, McKinnon and Kucherov, and then also trying to get his team in the best spot possible for the playoffs. A motivated McDavid is a dangerous McDavid, so I'll say 142, and he does find a way to lead the league in points. Uh, question number three, since we had a little Jays talk earlier on with Thomas Hall, uh, where do you think the Jays finish in the AL East this upcoming season? Go ahead. I'll say third. I think the New York Yankees obviously uh, loading up as they tend to do every couple of years. I think they're going to be a, a tough task, and I think the Rays, once again, will be tough. So I, I think the Jays will finish above the Red Sox, above the Orioles in that Ooh. third spot. So now the Orioles, why are they dropping back? They had 101 wins last year. You know what? I don't. I, I've got no reason for it. I just it, they've been an, a franchise for me that has just been kind of meh. I, I okay. kind of missed the Cal Ripken years, and maybe this can come back and bite me. But I, I think they're due for a drop off. That's a good question. There's, you know, 
Alex Manoa is such a wild card for them. Right now, who would have thought that all their other pitchers would have stepped up the way they did last year with Manoa basically being a non-factor for the entire season, right? Like which team goes from their best guy the year before, who was a Cy Young finalist, to then basically being a non-factor and not even due to injury. So can the Jays win 90, 93 games? Yeah, maybe. And if they do, then now you're probably third's probably the right choice for them. But. You're right, the Yankees, but the Yankees are going to take some wins from someone. I don't expect Baltimore to win 100 games again, but I'm not sure Baltimore drops off like that much. So uh, it really comes down to the Jays, I think. Like, I'm not sure how much depth they have if they have any serious injuries. That's my concern. And they still, like, they miss, they miss a big hitter in their lineup. They miss, like, a legit cleanup hitter. Would, would Alec Manoa, would that be like a Dontrell Willis drop-off? Do you remember the D-train? Oh, yeah. Had a, I think he had a couple good years, but it's crazy how quickly uh, Manoa dropped off last year. Hopefully he can find a way to bounce back. Question number four. Carolina Panthers owner Dave Tepper was fined $300,000 for throwing his drink at an opposing fan in Jacksonville from his suite. Now, I believe he's worth $20 billion, something along those lines. Do you think 300000 was an appropriate amount for the fine? Let's be honest here. The guy's a billionaire, right? Like, um, I, I, I don't believe, like, hey, I'm sure when you guys make that much money, no one wants to just part with $300,000. Where does that money go to, by the way? I'd be curious. I don't know. Like, I know where the, does it go to the players fund? I'm not sure. But it's such a, a reflection of why that organization's a tire fire right now. That's all I'll say. So to me, the guy's got so much money. It's sad to say that you can find someone 300 grand and it has no impact on their day-to-day life, but I don't think it does. I mean, you're right. Like it's nothing to him and he's not going to miss it. Obviously it's a a little hit. It goes to the professional athletes foundation to support legends in need of the NFL foundation. So I guess it goes to a good cause at least, but you're right. What's it going to do? I mean, for him, he could throw, he could do that on a weekly basis, and the money he makes from this team would he'd be fine. So it, it doesn't do much. You're not obviously going to do anything more than that, I don't think. You're not going to take draft picks because of one dummy's mistake. But, yeah, it's a, kind of a, an interesting one there. Final question for you today is Women Rock Day. So when it comes to the female rock stars, who would you have at the top of your list? Hmm. Hmm. So it has to be a rock star, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I think so. We're not going to go pop star. Go with the rock star category. Huh. That's a good question, man. Um, like I, I would. Now, I'm not saying she's the best, but she was one of my favorites. I loved lots of her songs. Pat Benatar in the old days. Um, Alanis Morissette would probably be another one I would have. Um, is Madonna considered a rock star? That was a debate once. Because if she is, then she's at the, she's right at the top. So and Joan Jett, I'm, I'm naming a lot, but I had quite a few. So I don't know if there's I can pick one. I uh, I like Ann Wilson of Heart. Oh yeah, I mean oh, she, she had goodness. some pipes on her. So. She had on, and they had some great songs. Yeah, yeah. So I'd have her atop the list, and then just kind of looking at the categories, they've got Tina Turner listed as a rock Ooh. star. So hard to huh. hard to not have Tina in there. Do they have Pink listed as a rock star? You know what? She is, uh, according to Google, she's in the category. Okay. So, yeah, you could go with Pink. Yeah. She's got a great set of pipes, too. She puts on a show as well. Oh, yeah. She's, she's coming to Commonwealth. Yeah. Greg's, I'm with you. I don't think Tana's an upgrade. is hurt too often. 
fair point. Right? It's a valid point. The last thing you want to do is acquire a guy who's got a history of being... Now, I know Tanif gets hurt because of how he plays, but was it Bieksa or who was it that was talking about, you know, Tanev isn't that big of a guy and the style that he plays puts himself in position. I'm not talking the block shots. I just the physicality of it. Maybe it wasn't, maybe it wasn't Bieksa. I can't remember where it was, but it was somebody. So we'll see. Coming up, we have the uh, ski report after Mark Spector and more on the uh, Wednesday edition of the Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Uh, hey. 22 million up for grabs tonight. Lotto 649. And hey, you know what? Lots of uh, uh, NBA games you want to play. Of course, uh, the order is not in action until Saturday against the Ottawa Senators, who were losers last night in Vancouver. The uh, Oilers, of course, continuing. They are the hottest team in the NHL. They are 14 and 3 in their last 17. But really, uh, in the last two months, they're 17 and 6. Tied for Winnipeg with the best record in the National Hockey League. Not a bad run after uh, where they were one of the worst teams for the first month. And uh, now they have rebounded and are playing quite well. Connor McDavid, another five-point game. Tenth of his career. How many can he end with? Could he catch Phil, Phil Esposito for third? Phil's third with 19. And not catching Merrill Lemieux at 51. And he's not getting Gretzky, who, of course, had 96 in his career, including 79 with the orders. But he could get to 20, maybe. We'll see. Even that's a stretch. Need 17 to get to fourth. Let's get to the comment. Sports 1440 update brought to you by Booster Juice. Uh, stop in and download the app if you don't have it right now at uh, Booster Juice because you can get to all sorts of uh, great reward points. Uh, save on, uh, get some great food if you like the, uh, the smoothies. Ooh, so good, man. So there's actually a Booster Juice right below us here at the uh, station. I think it's called my name. Go get one right now. Uh, go to boosterjuice.com and download the app uh, anywhere where you get your. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.